Hi, everyone. Welcome to What's Your Favorite Scary Movie, our conversation about horror films. I'm Robert. And I'm Shani B. And today, in honor of its 40th anniversary, we're talking about the Evil Dead and Sam Raimi movies. And with all that we have to talk about, we're going to jump right in today instead of, you know, talking about what we watched this week. So let's get right down to it. How do you feel about Sam Raimi movies? I didn't realize how many things, how many different things he's actually done, but I'm, I'm a huge fan of his. I really appreciate, you know, what he did with Evil Dead and how he was really able to create like a huge cult classic with a very low budget. Just with that kind of kicking off his career, I'm a huge fan. What about you? I am also a huge fan. I, I love all of his movies and I love that he does have that catalog. So he has moved around from all the different genres. And I just appreciate so much what he does as a filmmaker. You know, his style is really, really unique. And he, in my opinion, is one of the best at actually telling a story with the camera and the movements rather than just the dialogue. He he writes and directs, but he's so good at telling the story with the camera so that I could watch it on mute and still pretty much figure out what's going on. Oh, 100%. Let's go through some of these movies because, you know, as I said, it's the 40 year anniversary of his first big film. And that's crazy to think about at all that like someone could work for 40 years and still be working, you know, like he's not stopping. Yeah, he's definitely not stopping. What are some of your favorite ones that he's done? I'm a huge, huge fan of The Quick and the Dead from 1995. It's a Western. I don't know if you ever saw it. The Quick and the Dead. I have not. Please tell me about this. It's fantastic. Just about a bunch of gunslingers who collect in a town for a tournament of sorts. And it's either the quick or the dead at the end of each round. You know how they do in the cowboy movies. It's basically uh, Sharon Stone, Gene Hackman, Leonardo DiCaprio, and many more. And it's great. It's really cool looking. It's shot so amazing. And for a Western, you can tell that it's done by somebody who's a fanboy rather than like a Clint Eastwood who takes himself way too seriously. Which I love. I love when people who are really passionate about the genre or mm -hmm. a specific movie make something like this. Examples of that are the directors who did Ready or Not. They're now directing Scream 5. So it's always super exciting when people are passionate about something like that. So that's kind of cool with the Western. Yeah, yeah. And I also love his first foray into sort of joining the comic book movie. You know, he's a person who started doing that in 1990 because he makes the film adaptation of the comic Darkman with Liam Neeson as Darkman and a young Francis McDormand as his love interest in it. Have you ever oh seen Darkman or the no, sequels? No, I have not. How is this, Francis McDormand? It's great. Oh, it's so good. She's she's amazing in it, and so is Liam Neeson. And all this, the best Sam Raimi pieces are there with crazy special effects, crazy over-the-top storytelling, and amazing cameras. Like, each of his movies are different, but they're also so similar because I kind of, like, know I'm going to go on a roller coaster when I watch one of his movies. You know, I'm going to feel like I'm there. Yeah, no, 100%. It's a huge catalog he has of stuff. One of my favorites is Drag Me to Hell. Are you, oh, have you seen epic. it? You had to have seen it. It's so epic. Um, it's, one of, it's my favorite of his in the modern time where it's not one of his canons. And so I just love that he, it's sort of a throwaway. It's sort of him just doing a scary movie. You know, he's not starting another franchise or anything like that. He's just doing a movie. 
Yeah, I mean, and with that one, I don't know if anyone's seen it or not. Pretty much, it's right. like this That's girl who's, who's trying to get yeah promotion at work, so she denies this gypsy a loan, and the loan would have helped this woman keep her house, keep her home. Mm-hmm. And because she does this woman wrong, the woman puts a spell on her, and pretty much the spell is you're going to get dragged to hell. By the third day, the Larmia is going to reach from hell and drag you down. And it's so good. It's so good. If you want to watch a really epic, like, battle fight scene in a car, like, right away, I definitely suggest this movie. It starts off pretty epic. I'm a fan of a movie where the good guy doesn't win. It leaves mm-hmm. me so upset. But I think it's because I'm just so like, come on, you, you get so invested in these good guys. And when they don't win, yep. it's like, man. So that's that's why I like dragging it out. Totally, totally. It's definitely a different experience. But that's also exactly why I like Sam Raimi. Every experience is somewhat familiar, but also so different because he can make whatever choices he wants. And he feels really brave, like he wants to try things. I love Drag Me to Hell. And I'm low-key not a fan of Alison Lohman. So it was really hard for me to be like, I'm about to go watch this movie with this actress who I don't love. And by the end, I... I was obsessed with how good she did. No holds barred, fucking covered in gunk, saying the craziest shit. So good. She's She's so good. good. Before we slide out, obviously we can't forget that he did the three Tobey Maguire Spider-Man movies. He opened up, he opened comic book movies up for us again. He did it in 1990 with Darkman, and then he did it with Spider-Man, which of course everyone loves to remake as much as they do Batman. So he's God. right up there doing all the important shit. It's amazing. Well, he had the first Spider-Man, right? There wasn't a Spider-Man before. That, and that one was, the Tobey Maguire one, I think, is great. I mean, I think Same. each of them each of them has been amazing. I don't know yep. why. I'm just a huge fan of that. And I don't even like superhero movies. But uh, I feel like, something with Spider-Man. Yeah, something with Spider-Man. But I think also he is perfect for a superhero movie. You know, his... Let's slide over into The Evil Dead now because his directing style is basically superhuman. He loves to spray blood everywhere. He loves to have people do things they could never do in real life. And that's exactly what a superhero movie is. So I kind of love that that's where he started. And then he cut his teeth on it several times, but he never had to lose the drag me to hells. You know, he didn't have to lose the quick and the dead. So awesome. Anything else you want to mention before we slide over? No, I think I'm good with walking through memory lane. Is that, do we walk through memory lane? Is that how we do it? We did. We absolutely checked the yearbook. Great work. We checked the yearbook. All right, perfect. Evil Dead is the story of Ash and his friends and their trip to a remote cabin. In the basement, Ash and his pals find a book and a recording. And when they play the tape, they unwillingly awaken the Evil Dead, a force that possesses his friends and tries to possess and kill him. Reading about the roots of Evil Dead and what it took to get to that point is just crazy because yeah. his career is amazing, like all of these really big budget films. So let's talk about it. Are you a fan? I'm def a fan. You know, this is an NC-17 rated movie from the 80s, which is insane because so many of the worst scary movies of all time don't even get that dark of a rating. But it's so creative and it has such amazing special effects and filmmaking that I, like, even when I'm feeling totally disgusted, I can't quite look away. And somehow he is the master of 
totally disgusting me and scaring the shit out of me while also making me burst out in laughter because I don't know what else to do. You know, he, the possessed women in this movie, there's, there's so many things that are like really hard to look at, but I also always revisit them, you know, like don't love, don't love that tree assault. Um, oh my God. The tree assault. <laughs> I, what are you talking? Yeah. I love, that's my favorite part. What about you? Yeah. How, what is your relationship to this movie fan wise? So I, I love the idea of it. I think that, you know, I'm not a huge fan of this. I'm, I'm not, a, I, I don't want to say I don't like this movie. Um, I, cause I, I do like it when I watched it again this past time, I was like, I didn't realize how low budget it was uh, mm-hmm. because the newer one is fresh in my mind still. Um, right. So, and honestly with this, I can't even say it's a cult classic cause it's pretty mainstream, right? Like I think when we get past definitely the, now evil dead part two for sure part three becomes a little more culty in my opinion but just looking at as i was mentioning earlier the what it took to get this film made and how you know they had friends and family like as the crew members here people with no experience were crew members helping to get this off the ground i'm a fan in that sense where i really appreciate that kind of filmmaking where it was so successful You, you can tell in the way it was shot some of the mm-hmm. shots i was like what the hell is this what are we doing and it you just it's just really Crazy. it's a little bit of that amateurish stuff like, that I really uh, like a lot about it that amateur uh bravery right yes, like yeah so excited to be making a film so interested in hopefully scaring us hopefully just grow grossing us out it's like you can feel this playfulness even though it's getting grotesque and or absurd right there's well, still this yeah. playfulness I think it's because it's so original. If I found a book like this, like an evil book or a demonic book, the last thing I would do is read it out loud. Re- you know, seriously, seriously, it's a little bit silly, even in the storytelling in that way. But that's exactly right. You know, there's something about how weirdly that's original because we've seen demon stories before, but these demons are not like any of the other demons we know. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I loved it. I think it's super original. And I love what he's been able to do with it over the past 40 years. For sure. For sure. I mean, you mentioned a couple of the shots being, you know, really interesting to you. But let's go through some of these moments because I feel like he accomplishes some crazy shit in this movie with like no money. And it's shocking to me every time I watch. I can't believe he's able to do some of the things he does. Yeah, for this, I think the budget was 350000 but in 1981, I'm like, that was a lot of money. Oh, right. Duh, stupid, stupid. I'm like, that's nothing. But, but duh, of course, but, of course it was. But even money. even now, I'm like, that's a lot of money. So I just like, I guess it was very low budget. But I mean, I'm still like 350000 is a lot of money. But yeah, I agree. He was able to do a lot with very I mean, little. And that's also what's interesting, I guess, about what he's trying to do here. You know, it's probably why he goes so crazy doing as many creative shots as he can. Because in rewatching this, I was also thinking about how it it sort of is this calling card that like this guy, he's managed to get a camera together. He's managed to get all this stuff together, but it's only one movie. And like, what if he doesn't ever get to make another one? And it just feels like he's like, in case I don't, I'm going to do some dramatic filmmaking. I'm going to do horror filmmaking. I'm going to do superhero filmmaking. I'm going to try to shoot all of it. And I feel like he accomplishes that. The possessions in this movie, they are really scary. Like, I'm legit scared of them. Do you oh, think they're scared sure. of those ladies? 
I think they're really scary. I think that it's for sure a little dated now. I think the story and everything is really still scary, but obviously I had to I had to think I could not think about the remake when watching this and the makeup because it was like, oh, this is for sure scary for its time. Do you think that the remake is like scarier? I guess like oh, when yeah. you compare Yeah, because I get what's weird to me is that I find them creepier in the original because they're always laughing. And there's something about how they're trying to be scary. So they lose that madness or something. Do you know what I mean? Like the ladies in this, they're mad and it's it's insane. I love it. Yeah, it's definitely interesting when I was looking into this and just researching, you know, part one, part two, just the whole, all of it. There was an article that came up about the treatment of women in this first one. Yes. And, you know, and he was definitely like, you know, I guess he was 21 when he directed this, which is, that is crazy. That is amazing. But yeah, he was the like, 21 you know, could do all of it. That's nuts. Yeah. So he pretty much was just like, you know, I w- it was my first film. I was young. Like, he, he regrets a few of those things, which I thought was really interesting, especially with think where Ash slaps Linda. And yep. then, you know, the I mean, raping yeah. scenes with the sticks. So there's a lot of moments where he's like, oh, I could have, you know, done by this better, especially when it came to like the women characters in this. So I thought that was kind of cool because I never thought of it from that point of view, but I guess obviously someone down the line did to bring it up as a question. So for I sure, thought that was kind of cool. Well, I like that he's yeah. able to respond. Yeah, exactly. That's what I was going to say is that like, I don't think he thought of it through the way that as a filmmaker and throughout his career, it's going to be so clear he does. He works with people he cares about. You know, the, Bruce Campbell and him are friends when they set out to do this. Sometimes he brings family members in. So he's definitely trying to, to be considerate. He's just also into madness. So I think it's easy for him to see how fucked up something is and just think that's cool rather than being like, wait, is that okay? When I was rewatching this last night and the women first began to get possessed, I turned to Trav and I was like, I think there's a pretty misogynistic read of this, actually. (laughs) And he was like, yeah, why isn't the friend ever turning into a zombie? Did you notice that the male friend does not become a zombie till the very end? What's up with that? I was like, it's definitely something where I was like, oh, the women are getting like the grunt of this, which I mean, we'll definitely talk about it a little more when we pivot over to part two. But yeah, I was definitely, I noticed that, which I never thought about before, because once again, I think, I was seeing it from the lens of, and I'm still seeing it from that lens, that where it's just, you know, what's the most fucked up thing that can happen? And I don't Mm -hmm. think he went into it writing, oh, these, I'm going to get the women first and all that. I think it's just kind of how the story came out. Right, right. I mean, and if you think about it, the women do outnumber the men here. So obviously when he's thinking about how do I kind of keep this feeling balanced, he has to go one of the ladies first. And I guess in some weird way, that's it too, just like you called. He wants to do the scariest, most fucked up thing. And he's not really thinking about what it means. He's just trying to get it done. And that's what's so crazy about some of the stuff. I mentioned not being cool with that rape scene because it's so fucking crazy. It never, it's insane that it exists. But however he's able to make it look like those trees are getting all over her legs and stuff, it's really scary. You know, it's like, really that scary. Is as scary as as I think it should be, even though it's not necessarily like appropriate to go as far as that scene does, you know? I definitely there's a lot of what stop motion. 
Hell yeah, the stop motion in this yeah. is fucking crazy. He killed, yeah, there was a lot of it. It was definitely, I think you brought it, you worded it the best. It was definitely, you know, he didn't, who knows if he was going to get another shot at this. So he was going to put every single egg he could into this basket. So we were going to see it through the way he shot stuff, through the chances he took with, you know, stop motion. It was just yeah. a lot of stuff in here, which I love. I appreciate Totally, totally. And I think that's why it's also something I love to revisit because I think it always, I'm always so impressed with the effects themselves. You know, I can overlook some of the other stuff because I love the filmmaking and I love the effects. And at least he's not Woody Allen, right? Exactly. At least we have that. At least he's not Woody Allen. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. It's just so much fun to watch this. So even though there's messed up spots, like, I love that there's blood everywhere and that it's always squirting everywhere and that ash so is being thrown much. into shit. Yeah, like, it just, it doesn't let you go. And I just haven't seen anything like that that really can hold you the entire time doing all kinds of crazy shit, even in horror movies. Like, even in horror movies, they take a break. And this this movie never takes a break. Yeah, it's just like, we're just, in, buckle up. Yep, we're going. Let's take some time, though, to talk about the sequels. Obviously, there are some sequels, and he does turn this movie into a franchise, which is even crazier to me, because he continues to do whatever he wants, which I love. Have you seen any of the sequels? I've seen part two and a little bit of part three. Part two definitely threw me off a little bit at the beginning, because of them essentially redoing part one, which, you know, I love the original. But obviously, part two really opens up what it is to become. But I didn't realize until, I think, years later... It had to do with rights and, you know, Sam Raimi not owning part one, which makes sense. Right. Yeah. I think Evil Dead 2 is really the pinnacle of the franchise because he has a little bit more money so he can really step up the visuals and the effects. But it does get off to a rough start because, you know, he did whatever he needed to do to get that first one made. And it wasn't the best idea. But yeah. I am a huge fan of the Evil Dead 2. You know, he, Bruce Campbell just becomes full on, you know, nut and just totally goofy. And the chainsaw hand is iconic. You know, him basically fighting the evil out of himself is so funny. And as you mentioned, uh, gets really culty in Army of Darkness. You said you saw part of Army of Darkness? (sighs) Yeah, I saw literally the beginning of it, and I was like, oh, now I understand, based off the poster, how we get into part three. But what are your thoughts? Like, what did you think of it? I think it's crazy. I I feel like he com- he fully commits to being like, this is all about the comedy of horror, so I'm mostly going for laughs now, and the gore is really about laughs, which I really appreciate, because, again, he somehow appears to have more money, because he steps up the effects once more, And there's some claymation in this one that's, I really don't know how they did it without taking like years because there are full scenes of like skeletons fighting for more than two minutes. It's nuts. And it has a young Bridget Fonda and M. Beth Davidets, Miss Honey from Matilda, if you don't, if you didn't know her name. Miss Honey. Oh my God. She's the best. Stop motion, clay animation. I'm telling you, that was the 80s, like Beetlejuice. Like, I think of Beetlejuice whenever I think of clay animation. It's amazing how talented those artists must have been, because obviously we can pick it apart now that a computer has made it so seamless for us. 
But to think about the fact that like there's just a couple guys in a room, especially when it comes to something like Evil Dead, doing whatever they can to make something look as close to real as possible. And they succeed. 100%. Did you ever see the Expanded Universe show Ash versus the Evil Dead? I haven't. And that's still on today, right? That's not like they just got renewed, I think. I think that's right. right. Yeah, I feel like that yeah, is. It, it either just on. got renewed or it just ended. But it was like going strong. And I'm too lazy to watch TV shows. I can't stick with TV shows after like one it's season. It's so hard. Yeah. It really is. They don't make them like they used to. Nope. Miniseries or die, I, dude. Yeah. It's like you get a really good first season. And it's like, why expand to a second season? Like, it, like Scream Queens right. was a really good season one. I think they ruined it. By like continuing yeah that's true it's like let it be what it is just like a movie do you want to talk briefly about the remake i mean you mentioned you think it's scary yes i'm um i'm a pretty big fan of this one i think just a completely different tone and just overall the marketing for this was crazy i don't know if you remember it or not but it was a lot of yes. pictures with the most terrifying film you will ever experience just put all over the poster and you know, I really compare it to what Christopher Nolan did with the Batman story and, you know, making it darker. And I think that mm-hmm. with this film, I think we they failed with the Nightmare on Elm Street remake, even with the Friday the 13th one. But I think with mm-hmm. this one, you know, it, filmmakers are going to remake these kinds of movies. I think doing that darker tone is the way to do it. Super scary. I thought I thought, I thought totally. it was a great remake, you know. What For about sure. You? I I agree. I really appreciate that that was the way that they went because the guy who ended up directing that is the guy, is Fede Alvarez, I think is his name. I hope I'm not wrong. Yeah. He did the Don't Breathe movies. So like those are his movies and that intensity is really also his calling card. So I appreciate that like if you get a calling card filmmaker, especially one who comes from horror and give them original IP, it's usually pretty good. Because that's also what Christopher Nolan does. He started as a horror director, dog. Oh. Yeah. I'm only upset that they didn't continue on with, mm. like, Evil Dead. I mean, I guess how can you really continue on with Evil Dead 2? Because what is, what really is Evil Dead 2? Now, in, in today's time, if we were to redo Evil Dead 2, isn't it essentially just Evil Dead Part 1 remade? We would, part, well, it's three, a, part three would be part two this time, right? I guess so. Yeah, because he's just in the, he's just doing the exact same things he was doing in the first one, in the second one also. So for yeah. sure, that would be weird. But because they did such a good thing, creating their own space and, and making the story a little bit darker, it would it would have to be different too. So I would be game for that. Because while I like the original IP for being super absurd, and I definitely want to see somebody try and remake the absurdity, I'm also down for a darker retelling. Absolutely. Yeah. And I thought it just flowed so well. I loved the strange ways they were acting. She was acting was um, just, you know, the excuses were like, she's just, you know, she's having withdrawals right now. Like, this is normal. It's just part of the withdrawals. I thought it was so fresh. I love that a female ended up, like, they didn't try and recreate Ash. Exactly. For this Exactly. Well, and I guess that's why I'm down for more time to go by and then for someone to try again rebranding and figuring out if they could. But I think at the time, it was a better landscape and the film is better for it by trying to strike its, its own 
tone and I appreciate it. Like I like them for what they are separately because they both earned that. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, I mean, yeah, time will for sure tell with this. Like, I mean, there's no doubt we'll get another sequel or another remake of this down the line. It's true. It's too much fun. It's too easy to, to join, I feel like. So any final comments on Evil Dead or SR? Just that I'm super excited for Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, directed by SR, with Rachel McAdams. I'm actually really excited for that, too, because I I also got into this new Spider-Man as well. So apparently, like, there's a lot of speculation on how he's involved with Spider-Man and then Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man and then Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man getting into this. So I don't know if this plays into that Doctor Strange movie, but I'm pretty interested as well to see how that turns out. It does. And I'm very excited as well. That uh, about wraps it up for us. Thank you again for listening in and talking with us about the Evil Dead and the best Sam Raimi movies. We'll be back together for Stream Queens on Monday, reacting to episode eight of Only Murders in the Building. Be sure to follow us on Instagram to stay up to date with all of our content. I'm at RobAlex86 and she's at ShannyBMovies. And thank you to our sponsor, Media Pollution. If you're interested in becoming a sponsor of the show, email us at the What's Your Favorite Scary Movie Store at gmail.com. That's the WYFSM store at gmail.com. Join us next week. We'll be rewatching the 2018 Halloween reboot to prep for Halloween Kills in theaters and on Peacock next Friday. Thanks again for joining us. Have a great weekend, and we'll see you next time on What's Your Favorite Scary Movie?